You're listening to the Let's Go Buffalo Podcast, your new favorite podcast for everything Bills and Sabres. What's going on, everybody? You're listening to the Let's Go Buffalo Podcast, your favorite podcast for all things Bills and Sabres with the pals, Nigel, Tom, and Jake. Episode 14 coming at you. Quick reminder, whoa, quick reminder to everyone to follow our social medias on Instagram and X at Let's Go Buff Pod. That's Buff with two F's and Pod, P O D. Let's say hello to the fellas. Tom, how we doing, pal? Hey, happy spooky season, boys. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Tom, will you be trick or treating this evening? Uh, yes, I will, and I, I expect to be turned around. And what? <laughs> <laughs> And what is your costume, Tom? Uh, excuse me, sir. You are you are far too old for this. <laughs> Tom, what will you be dressed as? What's my costume? Yeah. Um, 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 I don't have anything <laughs> quick and snappy. Uh, right. I, I, a tired 30-year-old. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Welcome to my life. Jake, how we doing, pal? I'm great. Happy Halloween. Nice, dude. Yeah. I, so- uh, I will not be trick-or-treating either. I don't get, do you guys get trick-or-treaters where you are? I don't, I don't get any. <laughs> Living downtown. You've been to my house. I live in the middle of the woods. That's right. No, yeah, that's right. So no, you no. Don't everybody, everybody drives down the mountain and goes into town and right. trick or treats down there. That's what nice, nice. Jake, what about you? Do you, do you and uh, your lovely wife get any trick or treaters where you are? First year here, so I don't know. I, oh. I will be tr- fighting with her where she'll be trying to usher children in the door to come get candy, and I will be turning the lights off and trying to keep them out. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see who wins. That's Jake who wins. will be pelting them with candy from the, from the porch. <laughs> you like Skittles, you little asshole? Get yeah. out of here. <laughs> dude, I'll, I'm, I'm the same way, dude. Like Ever since I got into my own place, shut that shit down. Turn the lights off. Like Nobody's even alive in that No house. one home. Yeah. Exactly. Nope. Yeah. Get your candy. Now, Little foreclosure notice on the front door or something I, like that just to drive the whole point home and tom you can probably relate to this dude as a teacher halloween's like the worst day ever dude oh. because like <laughs> as a teacher Man. you're like it's like practically in your contract you're supposed to like give the kids candy and then they're just absolutely crazy all day it's the most unproductive day of like outside of like the day before christmas break it's one of the most unproductive days of the year yeah. as a teacher. It's terrible. And the day before Christmas break is exciting for me too. So at least yeah, that one's exactly. fun. I yeah. had a kid walk into class today. I have a beginning band class. This kid plays trombone. They came in and they had one of these giant inflatable uh, uh, like costumes where it like looks like the aliens like picking them up and abducting them. And this girl like is looking at me like as if she's expect and she's all upset that I'm asking her like, can you play your trombone with that on? And she's like, no. No, no, I cannot. And I was like, okay, well, then how are we going to problem solve this? Because it is band class and you need to play your try. Oh, my God. Just yeah. just just as if I was like asked her to, I don't know, you know, go to go to North Korea or something like like what? <laughs> I, dude, I'm also I'm also reminded daily with these kids that I'm 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 old, bro. Like because like apparently one of my, one of my kids came in and was very wearing like a very obvious like Taylor Swift outfit. And she was like, who am I, Mr. C? And I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like, I have no idea. She's like, I'll give you a hint. I'm a famous female singer. I'm like, well, that narrows it down. There aren't very many of those. <laughs> so, yeah, dude, it's just it's just a reminder that we are getting getting old here. 
Well, so, but my, the next more important question is, when do you guys start listening to Christmas music? Is tomorrow oh, the dude, day? It's, I, for me, I need to get through Thanksgiving before I can totally switch into Christmas mode. But the day after Thanksgiving, for me, that is when like automatic Christmas music That's the goes on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I think I'm there with you. I will definitely sprinkle in some Christmas music if it's a nice snowy day and it's starting to feel like it. But yeah, you're right. And right after like Black Friday is, is a big Christmas day in the yeah. house. Yeah. Big time, dude. Big time, big time, big time. All right, boys. Well, shall we, uh, shall we get ourselves into a little bit of a beer corner here? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's snap them. Give us Ready? a little countdown. Three, two, one. Nice, fellas. Jake, let's start with you today. What are you drinking today, bud? In the spirit of Halloween, I have a pumpkin ale with real pumpkin, it says, from Smutty Nose Brewing. Nice. Uh, I don't usually like pumpkin beers all that much, but it's Halloween, so I'm I'm going for it. I absolutely love pumpkin beers. Tom, I you could, got, buddy? I could just, I could just yeah, subsist on <laughs> drank, pumpkin beer. We drank a fair <laughs> share of those back in our day. Yeah, well, still, it's still am. Still am. Um, I think this might be a repeat. <laughs> Um, Minky Boodle. I have a yep. Minky Boodle. Um, somebody had that from Tin Man, Buffalo, New York. Nice, dude. <laughs> nice. This one Tin was Man. left in my refrigerator by my mother. So thanks, mom. Nice. We love that. Well, I also kind of have a bit of a repeat here. I am uh, drinking a two kind IPA. So that's like the double IPA version of the kind that I drank like for the first six weeks of the podcast. Um, now it's just a double with higher ABV, and we'll see where uh, this podcast ends up in about 20 minutes here. <laughs> I love it. It looked it looks delicious. I gotta say. So. Yeah, dude. Well, you know, it's yeah, I can see I can see the condensation going down the, the can. It looks like ah, oh, so good. It's good, right? Yeah. All right. Well, I guess let's get into some bills talk to start. Um, and there's obviously a lot to talk about with the trade deadline um, taking place today. We're recording this on Tuesday. The thirty first at five twenty one p.m. So yeah, good timing, good reporting, good timing, right? Good. Yeah. yeah. So we'll get to the trade deadline stuff, but we're going to start uh, with the recap of the Bills Bucks game. Um, should we should we go around and do a positive takeaway from the game real quick, boys? Yeah. Can we yeah, come I up got with one quickly. Yeah, go ahead, Tom. I would like to start pick on me, Mister Croston. Um, right, guys, Smith, the Bills go. won a game. <laughs> the Bills won. Oh my God! <laughs> the world did not come crumbling down. We were able to continue on with our week. Yes, yep. there may be concerns, but the Bills won. We're okay. We're okay. Um, Jake, you got one, buddy? That was mine, that the Bills won. Uh, it was less gut-wrenching and heart-shaking than other wins that we've uh, had the pleasure or displeasure of watching so far. So, yeah, I just got the W. That's that's the takeaway. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I think the biggest thing for me, and I don't want to take the easy way out and just say Josh Allen – um, no, because a, he was he was markedly improved this week, right? He like, was great with he his checkdowns and everything. He really did, yeah. Um, but to go like one sort of layer deeper, Dalton Kincaid, baby, making me look like an absolute genius for buying that jersey, man. I I was Boy. so excited watching him, man. Obviously, the touchdown, his first touchdown as a professional, is yep. sick. But dude, that catch that he had, I believe it was the second half along the sideline where he went up, yeah. toe-tapped it. The body control, the ability to get the feet down, dude, like that was absolutely sick, dude. And I do at some point want to talk about um, that that touchdown 
uh, reception that he had because there was a yeah. lot of really great things that happened there, both on the part of Josh Allen and Dalton Kincaid. But Dalton Kincaid having that game for me, dude, that was the most exciting takeaway I had for sure. Dude, yeah. It's great to see him come in, right? Dawson Knox is out on air for a few weeks. Kincaid, this was his opportunity, and he and he took it, which was great to see. Um, the uh, It was co- cool to see him in uh, involved with like a little shovel pass the end, uh, near the end zone. Like that was – I think that absolutely could have been a touchdown. It was. We've seen Travis Kelsey do that all the time, and now we get to participate. It's great. <laughs> yeah, that was, that cool. was very much, very much remnants of the Kansas City Chiefs offense oh, there with that little shovel pass. It which, was right out of the playbook. And, oh yeah, and I'm I mean, so excited that we get to be part of that now. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's a fun little trick. Um, yeah, so I mean, the other one for me, dude, Khalil Shakir. I, I guess the overarching theme with that is we didn't just force the ball to Stephon Diggs for the entire yeah. game. We spread yep. the ball around. Dalton Kincaid very active. Khalil Shakir very active. Gabe Davis, very active, which I'm dude. I'm gonna say doesn't overall change my opinion of him and and how I feel about him as a player on this team going forward. But outstanding game from him. Um, and then Steph Dick still contributed, dude. I think he still had 70 yards receiving, which is yep. you know not a bad game by any stretch of the imagination. So I just think seeing the ball get distributed in the passing game a little bit more equally um, was huge. Uh, Tom, anything else you wanna you wanna add to that? Real quick. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It was great to see lots of people involved. Um, and I my favorite thing about Gabe Davis was that he wasn't used in the normal way that he he usually is. He's usually a down the field stretcher, big bodied, um, receive um 50-50 ball kind of guy. Like he's way down the field. So it was cool to see both um Dorsey use him in new ways and then Gabe Davis actually be able to contribute in new ways so he was definitely a tendency breaker and who knows how long that will be able to be successful <laughs> you know like some yep. teacher teams are now going to catch on to that and be ready for that however um it was cool to see him not win in the same way he always does so that felt felt great yeah i guess the only other real big positive takeaway or something that i just really liked that i saw um we took like the one thing that seemed to be working in our previous couple games which was a hurry up offense we ran no huddle for the good chunk of the start of that game. Yeah. I was liking what I was seeing, man. I thought that no huddle really, really, really works well into Josh Allen's favor. I agree. It Can I ask a newbie cue on that? Yeah, dude. So does that just allow the defense uh, less time to get set? Or is it the – or, well, in a separate question, is Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, less involved in calling the play? Is it more Josh Allen picking the play? Like, what are the benefits to no huddle offense? Tom, you want to go or you want me to take it? Yeah, I'll take the defensive side of that. So it keeps the defensive um, personnel on the field. They don't, they have less time to sub out, um, right? Because if there's time between, oh, we got a, you know, the 40, 50 second play clock, there's time for them to sub in and get different packages, different players in to match what we are doing. But if we're going to hurry up, like we're, we're staying in a, in a, in a similar personnel, but so are they. Yeah. So we force their hands if maybe there's a good matchup we like on the field and say it's we have a an 11 personnel um, grouping on the field, which is um, uh, more wide receivers, a smaller, more speedy, more skill player kind of personnel group. And maybe they were stuck in some larger, um, more less athletic uh, line, line, he, linebacker heavy personnel group. It puts us at the advantage and we force them to stay in the field and have to continue to make um, plays in that personnel group. And, and that's an advantage. Um, and so that that's the that's the defensive side of that. Nigel, want to take the offensive side of that? 
Yeah, yep, and Tom crushed that. Um, offensively, so the way that works with, with Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen and all that stuff, Ken Dorsey will call down a handful of plays, and then from there, based on what he sees, Josh Allen picks and chooses from that handful of plays that was called down from Ken Dorsey. So I think one of the reasons that works so well for the Bills is because, you know, Josh Allen being the one down on the field, not that Ken Dorsey can't see what he's, what's going on from his little perch up there in the box, but Josh Allen is the one in the field of the game and everything. He's able to pick and choose what he wants to call, and that also affects the checks that are available and all that stuff. So Josh does take more of a leadership role in that hurry-up offense situation. <laughs> yeah, man. Good stuff, guys. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, dude. Um, Good question. And then I think from there, like, so yeah, offense significantly improved. Penalties remain a major issue, dude. That game should have been over way before it got scary on the Jordan Phillips sack. I I want to slap was... Jordan Phillips across the face for, for committing that penalty, dude. You're 300 yeah. some odd pounds. You've already got Baker Mayfield in your clutches. He's going down and your big dumbass decides to reach up that bear paw and put it on his face mask, dude. Like, that's something I would anticipate from a rookie, not from a multi-year veteran. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I do I do think that play should have been called dead three seconds before that. Like he Baker was wrapped up. He was it was forward progress was done. That the ref should have called that as a, a sack and should have blew that dead. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's inexcusable for Jordan Phillips to to get a face mask there, especially when he has him dead to rights already. And he yeah. has help coming. Like he has him wrapped. Like help another player. I can't remember who it was, was coming up to to help um uh, Jordan Phillips finish that tackle. Like just yeah, that was that was silly. And especially in the situation where it was that situational football was was not was not smart there. Yeah. It just can't happen. We're having too many big significant plays being wrecked by penalties. And it just it just I it has to stop. I don't know. There's no like really, really, really astute analysis that comes from that. We're shooting ourselves in the foot, and it's dumb, yep. stupid penalties. So, and I mean, when, when we play, we have we have a tough schedule coming. Like, when we play good teams, that's they're going to make us pay for that. So I agree that that needs to be cleaned up. It's it's going to be a continued issue. Um, that poor execution is what kind of slowed things down in the second half. We were up 24-10, had opportunities to, to go up even more, had opportunities to stop the, the Bucs and force them into, uh, you know, long situations and force them to punt the ball, and we helped keep them in the game. And and that was that was frustrating, especially that final drive. Um, the second to last final drive for the Bucks, they they finally came alive, which is which is uh, okay. It is it is not a problem when another team starts to execute. Their Baker is making good decisions. There's good catches being made. Like the other team is paid too. So I'm not not trying to be um, too down on that second to last drive where we eventually they eventually got their touchdown um, throw off of Terrell Bernard's helmet to uh, Mike Evans, but that final final drive where. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, let me slow down. That that was the drive that was silly. That should not have um, continued. That was the drive with the Jordan Phillips penalty. My bad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retract that. I'm, I'm getting confused. I get okay, uh, bro. It feels like um, so that was the drive where there was poor. There was just so much going against us. There was that Jordan Phillips penalty on fourth on um, fourth down. There was another penalty that seemed a little silly for us to be called against us on fourth down. So they converted. Great. Then fourth down in the red zone. <laughs> fourth and long. And they bounce it off of Terrell Bernard's head, unlucky, and right into Mike Evans' arms, and he gets a touchdown. Like, at some point, the the Bucks offense needed our help to get there, and we were happy to, to, to dish that up. 
Yeah. Yeah. I Tom, I would love to be along the ride for along for the ride with you on this second half of football discussion. I absolutely fell asleep um, <laughs> during that part of the game. <laughs> I I saw the t- the Bills touchdown drive coming out of the second half. Was absolutely elated, super excited, and immediately fell asleep. Did not see another snap in the rest of the game. So hand up. That's uh, really fantastic. <laughs> oh my! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I absolutely passed out. So, yeah, he, got, he went radio silent on the text thread, so I guess yeah, yeah, I, got, woke up, um, I woke up at like midnight from a to a text from Tom being like, "Night, you wake or <laughs> yeah, you're still there? You can't still be that there? upset. It's not going that badly." Yeah, uh, uh, and then no, the last, was, like I, said, I was Sorry, it was Tom. just poor execution in the second half, and um, and the Bucks came alive for a drive or two, and and holy cow, we had to hang on for a nail biter at the end there for uh, you know a, a hail mary throw that uh, thank God fell dead. Should've I don't been think- caught. Should have been caught. Yeah, should have been caught. But, you know, and um, and anybody who's saying that there should have been penalties called, that there absolutely should not have been penalties called. A- a- both sides were committing penalties. That was Everybody. The, perhaps made the right play and let the Hail Mary happen. Like, that yeah. needs to happen. Everyone if, is if, assaulting everyone in that play. Yes. Yes. It was on both sides. So I don't want to hear anything from Bills players, from Bucks players, from anyone else. I don't want to hear anything. That was exactly how it should have been called. The refs made, in my mind, poor refing decisions throughout the game that was the correct one yeah um nope, and then my, my last little shout out before we go on just to, to continue on is we got a shout out sam martin that guy was oh, hunting yeah. out of his mind that, i think um, i think every night. one of his punts was inside the 10 yard line yeah. or four yeah. or and five or an, something like that he had another one that was very close if um whichever bill special teamer was there it was who was trying to tip it back into play um he was very close and that could have been another just just pin him deep and and oh my gosh so good yeah so good that, that guy's a weapon dude i mean what a, i mean like you you in truth you don't want to see that guy on the field at least not kicking you want to see him holding for you know extra point attempts but in his in the role that he's you know signed for you don't want to see him but man dude like when he's got to come out and punt i feel so good about it and i just know that knock on wood the right play is going to be made right he's going to make He's going to put the ball in the right spot or at least very close to it. So, yes, in good weather, bad weather. And yeah, no, he's been awesome. And he's a great holder for um, for Tyler Bass, like been very consistent. Knock on wood again, um, because we're definitely very stitious here. And uh, but no, he's been looking good. So, yeah, I'm really happy. I'm all good. Should we roll on over to uh, some uh, free agency signings? Not free agency signings. um, uh, trade deadline signings. Well, Tom, you're half right because one of them technically was a free agent addition. Um, okay. But before we do that, I just have to, I got to say one thing. Yep. I found out today the Jets signed Roger Saffold. So Jets, good luck. Have um, fun. <laughs> yep. I will be sending a text to Ed Oliver to make sure he knows that Roger Saffold is now playing guard for your team. So uh, have fun with that. Uh, situation so we'll deal with the uh the less if for me for my money the less significant of the two uh recent bills additions uh leonard fournette is signing with the team uh he's signing to the practice squad um comes as a free agent most recently with tampa bay i believe um six foot 228 pounds he's 28 years old almost 29 we all know who leonard which is is. wild i always thought he was older yeah i thought he was older (laughs) um He's a between-the-tackles runner. He's not going to be someone that's going to gash you with speed on the outside zone runs. Um, He does offer significant improvement on the team right now in terms of pass protection. Um, Latavius Murray is pretty good at that. James Cook is an absolute liability. 
Um, and the best player that we had for that was indeed Damian Harris, um, who is now out for what's looking like a significant um, remainder of the season, considering the fact that we did sign Lenny Fournette. So um, offers a lot in pass protection. Also offers more in the receiving game than Damian Harris does, which I like. Um, and I mean, you know, I say this is insignificant. I think it more or less is. It seems to me to be a move to keep some beef in the run game um, that isn't only the oldest player in the league and Latavius Murray. Tom, Jake, you guys have things you want to add to that? I completely agree. Like, I, I think that that's exactly what it is. You, you nailed it. I also think it's it's a sign that, you know, Damian Harris is not expected back anytime soon. So um, I, I think this is him filling that role because that was having three running backs that are all have startable contributions is important, especially in Bill's offenses. So now we have James Cook, Latavius Murray, and Leonard Fournette. So he's also known as Playoff Lenny. So yes. he, he has produced, he, he had quite a few um, yards from scrimmage last year. Like he has contributed. I think there's definitely a reason he was a free agent um, until week eight of this season. So I don't think we should have high expectations for him, but I do think in the limited role that he's going to come into, I think he's very similar to a Latavius Murray who can come in and contribute and has the, um, the veteran presence there. So I think that's, that's really, I, I I'm fine with it, especially yeah. for the role that he's coming in. He's not coming in to be the number one back. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. I'm, I'm just, I'm just fine with it. That, and that's, that's yeah. about where I, where I get to with that. It's nothing have that you really, seen, nothing that really have gets you seen me any compensation excited. on that. Um, no, I don't, it's practice squad. So it's gotta be minimal. Um, right. So I don't know again, what it's going to look like when he gets to the team. It's a, it's a no lose situation. Right. You know, We're not paying out the nose for him. Yeah. If he sucks, we just don't play him. Exactly. I so. think we're all good. So I'm fine with it. We all needed right. a player, and I, I'll take the veteran presence, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, a guy who's been through the process, has won a Super Bowl recently, can add a little bit of a veteran presence. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and then the more significant of the two just happened a couple hours ago here. The Bills are trading for cornerback Rasul Douglas out of the Green Bay Packers defensive squad. Um, so the Bills are sending a 2024 third-round pick in exchange for Rasul Douglas and a fifth round pick from uh, the Packers, excuse me, which is also a 2024 pick. Uh, Rasul Douglas is 29 years old, 6'2", 209. Um, for me, this is a guy who is good. He's a good player and is an, an, um, a significant improvement over Dane Jackson. I think with Trey White injured right now, Rasul Douglas immediately becomes CB1 on this team. However, 29 years old, to me, likely a serviceable Band-Aid until the team gets more clarity on the health and future of Trey Wright, um, which to me also will probably impact the length of time that Rasul Douglas is a bill. Um, Tom, you want me to keep going here in my bullet points or do you want to chime in? No, you're you're doing great. I'll, I will chime in though. Yeah. Um, so no, yes, is what I, it was, how that was. Yeah, that was good. That was <laughs> you nice. got it, buddy. Yeah, nah, crushed it. Crushed it. I, I agree. I think, but I think he's, I think he's a serviceable back. I really yes, do. I think he's, I think is. this is, uh, this is significant, especially because we've always been screaming and kicking and, and crying for, for Brandon Bean to, to make a trade deadline move. Like this was huge. Um, 
I uh, I think he's going to be able to come in, be part of that rotation. And Dane Jackson, honestly, I've been happy with. I My biggest concern was that, okay, oh boy, after Dane Jackson. Yes. If, heck, oh my gosh, we need we need depth beyond that. Who do we have? Well, now, I, I agree. I think it's going to be Christian Benford and Rasul Douglas eventually. I don't know. We'll get to the Bengals game here. I don't know if Rasul Douglas will be starting in that game just because it's it's been a week and, you know, that's hard to do. Um, but I definitely think he'll be on the active roster. He'll be playing. And I think eventually it becomes Christian Benford, Rasul Douglas with Dane Jackson behind him, Kyer Elam behind him. Cause clearly he wasn't moved, um, which we can maybe get back to that, but I'm, I'm a relatively okay with that. Let's, let's keep the rook that will, that will second year player and, and let him continue to develop, but not put him in that starting role. Um, I think the fact that Rasul Douglas is has experience and is known for his role as a zone in zone defenses is huge because that's what he's going to be asked to do in this um, Sean McDermott defense is play zone. Um, not like uh, Elam, who was more of a man specialist and have to fill a role that he wasn't comfortable with. Rasul Douglas is, has played in defenses like this. So I think that'll be huge. Um, he's... Uh, um, He's a good tackler. He uh he has good on um, ball skills. Like he's kind of a ball hawk. He has multiple interceptions over the past few years. Yeah, so I, I like you know what? Like let's let him go play. Especially when we have this this defense that is designed to be a little bit more aggressive. Like you know what? Maybe he comes in and makes an impact. So I'm excited. I um I had um well go ahead and then I have I actually have one more comment on the uh the compensation for the exchanges of picks and things. Oh okay great yeah yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you pretty much you pretty much covered it there, Tom. Just a couple numbers things. Um, as far as this year goes, he's dirt cheap for the rest of this season. He counts for less than nine hundred thousand against the cap this year. Yeah, it's actually way nothing. closer to eight hundred. So yeah, yeah, it's absolutely nothing. Next year, that skyrockets a bunch. He's owed nine million. However, it is not guaranteed, which I think is a significant piece of of this whole thing getting getting done. Um, yep. Brandon Bean, according to Everybody on Twitter made a massive push to get uh, Jalen Johnson out of Chicago. And by all accounts from, again, the same people on Twitter, Chicago's asking price for him was just absolutely outrageous. I get that he is a young um, a young cornerback one that was drafted in the second round and is outplaying his draft value, which is always going to make teams freak out a little bit. Um, for me, dude, and we didn't really talk about this much, but for me... I guess I, I would love to know what they were asking for him. Like, if it was, like, multiple first-round picks, then, then yeah, get out of here. But, I mean, this is a guy, dude, that, like, if you're concerned that Trey White is done, this is a guy who you yeah. immediately rep- replace that with, with way more youth, a ton of athleticism, and a guy that is operating as a full-on bona fide cornerback one this season. I would love to know what they were asking. If it was a first and Kyir Elam, I, I, me personally, I'd probably make that trade. You, yeah, you'd wrap him in bubble, bubble wrap and ship him yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, and now I know a lot of people, people treat first-round picks like they are gold, and they can be. I think one of Brandon, Brandon Bean's best moves up to this point was trading a first-round pick for Stefan Diggs, bar none. This could have been a situation, if, if I'm being honest, I was hoping we were going to get that with Jalen Johnson. Um, But you know, it is what it is. I think Russell Douglas is a great, is a great compensatory get. Um, Not the youth, not the athleticism, but a more than serviceable player who should positively impact the team. 
pretty quick. Um, I, I um, agree. It, yeah. And my, yeah. my, my thought on that is like, I wonder if Bean was, had this Rasul Douglas deal set up, lined up as well. And just thinking opportunity cost, if he can get Rasul Douglas for a fifth uh, and a fifth for uh, for a third, like it, 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 as opposed to going to go to the bears and trying to send in a, a huge amount of um, picks and, and have to sign him eventually to a big deal. Like, I wonder if he just thought, okay, this is going to get me 80% of the way there for much less. I, th- I I'm wondering if that's what, what came to mind for him. Um, yeah. I, now, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's I'm just agreeing. Yeah, you're right. Yep. <laughs> and so the big thing for me is we actually have a, an extra third round pick this year because Tremaine Edmonds was signed to such a large free agent deal. Oh, that's so right. We got so this is essentially a, a we're playing with house money. Right. Yep. Being sent a third round pick that we had extra. We still have a third round pick for this upcoming draft. Yep. And then we get Rasul Douglas and a fifth like that, that doesn't. I'm happy with that, especially for what we're paying him this year. We have a non-guaranteed contract next year. Bean's going to definitely do something with that. And I think that's great. So I'm happy with this. I, I'm glad that we made a move, especially on defense. Like we needed, we needed the bodies. We needed the depth. Um, I was hoping for a D tackle as well. So who, who knows? I don't know if there's any free agents are out there or anything else we could go do, but um, I really like that. Um, what do you think, Nigel? Are we ready to move on to Bengals? Yeah, I think so, man. I, uh, I, I think we, I think we recapped that pretty well there. I totally forgot about the compensatory third round pick for Tremaine Edmonds. That's a yeah. great call by you, right? Like, hey, we're this is we're not giving away the only third we have. Like, we have right. a second. So I totally forgot about that. Let's go get a, a player now. So, yeah, yeah, I know. I would like to see us sign one of those maybe veteran uh, D tackles that are on the market. But we'll. Uh, man, we'll I heard a Nagelman Sue uh, rumors, and I was starting to salivate. How do you say his first name, Tom? Uh, uh, Mr. Sue. <laughs> <laughs> in Damakong, in Damakong Sue, I think yeah, is how it's said. Maybe I'm wrong. Good for you. Yeah, you're, right, you're so, really confident about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, and I'm probably way off. Um, all right, let's get to the Bills and Bengals preview. So the Bills will play the Bengals Sunday night football uh, this coming Sunday. Um, uh, the Bengals are finally figuring it out one week before they're going to play us. <laughs> yep. So yep, of course. I'm like, what the hell? is going Great. on there um yeah they're getting healthy man they're getting some players back on the offensive line and all that stuff um now this is where it becomes really interesting for me is is rasul douglas gonna play because i have written down here i don't know how this defense is gonna stop jamar chase we just simply don't have the personnel in terms of size and speed to keep to keep up with this guy yep. rasul douglas very much helps with that size component at least so it would Man. be awesome to see him play, but I don't know. Tom, go ahead. I think he does. I think he at least plays. I don't know if he starts. I think it's going to be Dane Jackson and Christian Benford. That's I'm calling it now. We'll see what happens later this week, but I think he's going to be on the active roster. I think he comes in and he's playing um, a limited number of snaps, but he's going to be in there in, in important situations. And um, yeah, I agree. And I, 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 I absolutely, you, you nailed on the head. Like we're going to need to go. This is going to be a, a high powered game. If we have a chance, if we need to have a chance, we're going to have to go put up 30 plus um, to have a chance to get the Bengals. I, it's funny that you say that dude, because I I'm looking at the score prediction bullet and I'm thinking in my head, I, I, for whatever reason, I'm anticipating a low scoring game. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. I have no, I don't idea. think, I don't think our defense is going to be able to keep the Bengals back. It's probably I think true. They're going to get 24, 28, 30 plus points. So yeah, for us to win me. this game, we're going to need we're going to need points. So yep. Um, yep. I think it's going to be high scoring. And I agree. It's 
it's gonna be really tough. Um, Joe Burrow's coming back alive. He's looking good. He uh, and he even like I mean he had some rushes last week. His calf is clearly much better, much more healthy than it was early in the season. Um, he's looking good. Joe Mixon, it's gonna be a problem. I don't know how we're stopping. I mean, we 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 we've been just like a sieve trying to stop the run game against any opponent. So that'll be great. Yeah, dude. Um, especially when we have Hulk. I mean, I I thankfully I'm pretty sure we're we're fairly healthy coming out of that Tampa Bay game, right? Yeah, we were completely healthy. Yeah, okay. completely. So that's great. So yep. big Ed, you play every play. Yeah, don't come off the field. <laughs> I, for me, dude, I and I have you know written down here Phillips and Settle. They just look like they're playing defensive tackle on ice skates these last couple games. Settle especially, he is getting. <sighs> Tim Settle is fire that guy to the moon, dude. Yeah. He cannot stop getting blown off the ball immediately. I don't. Understand. I don't know how he started over Puna Ford all that time. And I don't of the beginning. So I don't know. That's what I was going to say. I mean, for me, dude, Puma Ford is the one that deserves to get these snaps opposite of Ed Oliver. Yeah. Like, he should be the number two right now. He he looked good, I thought, against the Bucks. At least the first half when I was awake. The <laughs> He did. No, he absolutely, he had a much better game than when he looked against the Patriots. The Patriots, he looked terrible. Yeah. And I was very concerned and could see why he wasn't on the active roster um, or the, the starting for active 48. But – um. Yeah, so it's that's gonna be a big deal. Um, offense needs to be keep. We need to come out and have a plan because, man. Well, what's the name of the uh, the Bengals defensive coordinator? It's, it's escaping me. Oh, um, man. Zach Taylor's the head coach, right? Um, Lou Anarumo. Right? Uh, Anarumo. Yep. Yeah, yeah, man. Lou, he he has a very cool defense, folks. He um he his defense looks different every every drive. It's malleable. That's, yep. It is so multiple, and it's insane. And it's insane that he can get these players prepped and ready to do that, and he's able to coach that. It's very impressive. So yeah. um, I I don't know what we're gonna see. It's gonna be different, and it's gonna be something crazy. They're gonna try and get the Josh and make him um have to move off his first read. And make him really think. So I'm hoping that uh, Josh gets all his sleep this week, eats his Wheaties, and he his brain is ready to go because he's going to have to think to beat these Bengals. Yeah, I'm just hoping for more of the same that we just saw. Be willing to take the checkdowns. When yes. the free runner is coming on the blitz, get the ball out quick, get it out hot to yep. Kincaid, Shakir, and Cook. Um, yeah, I'm just hoping to see more of the same, dude. Continue to utilize Gabe Davis in different ways. Don't just keep... Like Tom was saying, sending him down the field to win 50-50 contested catches. Um, and still, dude, I, I still, and I know I, people are probably going to be sick of me saying this, still looking to see a little bit more involvement from James Cook in the passing game. Get yeah. that ball without a screen, right? Because we don't, for whatever reason, we just can't seem to run <laughs> we screens. Can't, can't do that. Nope. We need to facilitate this guy with the ball in space a different way. I don't know what the yeah. answer is. That's why I'm not an offensive coordinator. That's why I'm an elementary band director. I get paid to do what I know how to do. I don't know what the answer is for getting him involved more outside of screens in the passing game, but the guy is too damn quick to not have the ball in his hands more. I don't yep. understand why it's not more of a focal point. I anyway, hope we, I, more of the same would be good. <laughs> I hope we scheme him up. Yep, I think it's going to be, yeah, it's, they're going to have to come out and play a very good game. This is probably the toughest test we'll have all season. Um, well, uh, so far this season, um, yeah. maybe minus the, the Dolphins, but right. you know, thankfully they came out and looked really good against that. So um, oh, here we'll see. Um, what do you guys say? Should we do some score predictions? Yeah, Jake, I haven't heard your voice in forever. You go first. <laughs> By the way, Jake, I was I thought of you this past uh, this past weekend. I don't remember the score. I don't remember the teams. There was a score agami this past weekend, though, in, in the world of the NFL. 
No way. Yeah, I was. missed it. Oh, yeah. nice. Do some, uh, do some, uh, yeah, I'll do uh, a little Google in here, here while you guys yeah. are giving your Google it. You know, I love a good score, Gummy. It's, it's, uh, it's one of my favorite parts of scores in the NFL. Um, so with that said, this weekend, I'm going to go for another score, Gummy, and say 25 18. I think the Bills have a tough time stopping the Bengals offense. I'm going to say 25 18 Bengals. Ooh, Jake, yep. taking a page out of my book there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to follow right through them. I'm in the next chapter. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be a high-scoring game, and I don't think we're going to be able to keep up. We're going to the Bengals. We're going to Cincinnati. I think we lose 34-27. Holy shit, you guys. Well, first of all, the score got me. Dallas Cowboys defeated the Los Angeles Rams by a score of 43-20, to being the 1,079th distinct score and the fourth score got me of the 2023 NFL season. Oh, really? Right. Yeah, There's that many? Dude. That's crazy. Apparently, that's crazy. Um, oh, man. Uh, 35 28 Bills. Oh, okay. All right. There we go. Yeah. You heard it here my, first, Nige. I know. Yep. I'm going to lean I'm, on the boys. I'm going to, I'm going to, it's, we all keep saying, oh, we're, we don't want the Bills to start playing their best ball now. It's time to start thinking about getting there. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like we're we, halfway we, through, just about. We need we need some wins, especially some conference wins. A we win over start, the Bengals yes. would be huge. We need to start enormous. stacking some of these interconference wins, the divisional wins. We like it's okay to not be playing our best ball right now, but we gotta be on the cusp of starting to play our best ball. And I would love to see us like there's a lot of lot of you know, there's gonna be some weird emotions with this game, dude, right? Like yeah. the last time that we were in Cincinnati was the DeMar Hamlin injury. So I think it's going to be kind of an ominous, weird feeling. I think with that, you're going to see the boys come out come out swinging. And as long as we can just keep the same Josh Allen we saw this past Thursday night, meaning taking the checkdowns, keeping the ball hot, spreading it around, no sugar high stuff, we're, we're right there. We're right there with this Cincinnati team. So, I agree. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we switch switch uh, some gears here over to some Sabres stuff. Switch over. Yeah, Jake, uh, Jake. you you Let's been do it. brainstorming a bit of a bit of a Halloween special for us with the Sabres this evening. Yeah, I thought we'd do a little trick or treating uh, in regards to the Sabres so far and see what early spooky trends will continue throughout the season and what will turn into some treats, perhaps. So, with that said, I'm gonna. Uh, read off a couple a couple of stats from the season so far and <laughs> this is the this is sickest so drop ever dude i'm gonna we're, keep playing it i'm turning it down you guys talk over keep going but we're all like swaying our heads and shoulders a little bit in our video chat <laughs> all right jake guys so i'm gonna read off a couple of a couple of stats from the season so far you tell me if it's a trick or a treat that should be pretty obvious but what i want you to really tell me is is it indicative of a season-long trend or is it something that will see correct itself or, or come back closer to, to what you would expect? Okay. So with that said, Victor Olofsson, zero points through the first nine games of Buffalo season. Trick or treat? I don't think that's a trick at all. I think Victor Olofsson stinks in uh, his current position with the Sabres. And the only way he's going to get goals is on the power play, which he isn't even always on right now. And to put you back off of that, he's not even dressed for every game right now. He's a healthy scratch every other game. So for me, it's definitely not a trick, um, certainly not a treat either. We would like to see him be impactful, 
But in terms of the game here, it's it's a treat, dude. He's I don't see him taking off by any stretch of the imagination. And I once again think once Jack Quinn is back, you're gonna see Olafson traded. Yeah, completely agree. How about two players that are at a point per game pace so far? That's Rasmus Dahlin and Jeff Skinner. Trick or treat. Keep that going. Yep. Treat, 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 treat. treat. Yep. Treats all the way. Dolls, man. Freaking (sighs) off to a good start. Was off to a great start last season. Keep it up. I'm I'm waiting to see, waiting waiting to hear the Norris conversations. It won't start for a couple months, but I hope he's in that conversation. He keeps this up. He definitely will be. Skinner is keeping our offense afloat right now. Keep it rolling, Jake. And you're, yes, you're, you're you you want uh, Darlene to be where in uh, in the Norris voting? Um, I well, I want him to be first. <laughs> hey, very good. Yes, all right. I'll get my quacker ready. Yeah. All right, keep going. Chicken. No, I want him to be first. Uh, JJ Paterka uh, has got four goals through the year. He's scoring at a 36 goal pace. Granted, he's shooting at a 20 percent clip. Trick or treat? Does that continue? Nah, that's gonna be a trick, dude. And I don't. I mean, by all means, JJ Paterka, if you ever hear this pod. Shove it straight up my hoop. I hope you do. But I don't see this continuing to be um, a trend for him. 20% shooting clip is absolutely freaking outrageous. Not something that I think can be kept up over an 82-game pace. I expect to see this slow down in the next couple months. I agree. I agree. I I don't think it'll slow down too much. I imagine he'll get more chances that'll just drop his shooting percent. I I still think he pots 25, 30 goals. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Sabres penalty kill is sixth in the NHL currently at a, a rate of 89.2% successful kills. Trick or treat. <sighs> I'm going to go with treat on this one, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go. With, yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with treat. And it comes back to the additions of, um, Oh God, who do we add? Eric Johnson and, uh, Clifton. So, but and Clifton didn't even play the last, the last game or so. So, Nope. Yeah, for me, dude, I think that's I think that's gonna be a treat, dude. I don't think I don't think there's any massive reasons why that should slow down, barring significant injury. Yeah, I've I've been pounding the table for Eric Johnson. He he's such a good penalty killer, and I think that's one of the reasons we brought him in. Yeah, it's it showed. He's awesome. Now the flip side of special teams, the power play scoring only one goal more than they've allowed. So they've scored three power play goals and given up two shorthanded goals, and they're operating at ten point seven percent, which is 29th in the NHL. Trick or treat? Yeah, dude. In order to help me sleep at night, um, I I have to hope that this is a trick. This this especially the first power play unit, um, and the second one's potent too, but particularly the first one. That first power play unit should be operating 23 to 25% success mm-hmm. um, on that power play. I think what, what, we're, what I'm seeing right now is either a lack of willingness or a lack of knowing what to do in terms of an adjustment. Teams are taking away Tage Thompson on the power play now. They know yep. he's got an unreal shot. They need to find a different way to put the puck in the net that isn't just Tage Thompson. I don't know where that goes, but... I have to pray that this is a trick. I totally agree. They've been trying to funnel the puck into the bumper, so in the in the slot to try to get traffic in front of the net, and yep. it's been it hasn't been incredibly successful. But I could see a scenario where that can create more offense. But I totally agree with you. Teams are taking away the shot from Tage, taking away the pass to Tage, and that was so lethal last year. It, it you have to expect that teams are going to take that away, and they just they look crippled because of that um 
yeah, and it just looks it looks static. I I really wish they would try to produce more off of zone entries on the power play and just take the quick shot rather than setting up and cycling because that's not a strength that they have. So yeah. Anyways, we'll we'll hope that turns around. I got two more for you before we move on. Uh, the Sabres are the sixth most penalized team in the NHL. It feels like they're often killing penalties, which, given their penalty kill success, is okay. But you can't you can't rely on that. So, is that penalty clip a trick or a treat? Um, I think that's I think that's eventually going to turn out to be a trick. Um, you, we can't forget this is the youngest team in the NHL. There's a lot of immaturity on this team. They're not going to get you know the benefit of the doubt from referees. You know, a Sidney Crosby is probably going to have less penalties called against him than, you know, a Dylan Cousins just because Crosby is established. Everybody knows who he is. No one wants to piss him off. Yada, 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 yada. I have to assume that eventually these guys are going to figure that out and the penalties will start to drop. I'm going to blame it on immaturity at this point, but this is a losing formula. You can't take this many penalties regardless of how good your penalty kill is. This is a this is a recipe to miss the playoffs by four to two points mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, for me. All right, last one. Expected goal for percentage, 45%. So just real quick, that means that of the chances that are happening at both ends of the ice, the percent that you would expect to be goals based on models is 45% for the Sabres. So ideally, you want the team above 50% to increase that goal share, but right now they're sitting at 45 Trick or treat. I'm going to say trick on this one, too. I think that's going to go up. Um, we've seen this team. We've had a couple games now where the offensive output has been good, but I think that's going to start to continue to ascend as the season rolls along. There's just too many good goal scorers on this team for that to not happen. Um, so I'm going to say trick for that one, personally. Yeah, fair enough. I, I agree. I think I think that comes up. Uh, it's, it's started to awaken the offense. The goals have started to come a little bit more. I thought they looked really good against both New Jersey and Colorado. So since, since our last podcast, they lost 5-4 to New Jersey, won 4-0 against Colorado. Um, yeah, the goals started to come. I mean, scoring eight across two games is a, a great first step to awaken that offense. And I really think that despite a need to take a step back offensively to fix the defensive side of the game, um, you don't want to overstep and, and, and lose too much of your offensive output. So I'm happy to see them start to put some bucks in. Yeah, dude, it's um, it, it's it's definitely been a slow start to the season, but I'm I'm very confident this team will start to have more consistent, you know, four bowl games like we've had. Um, speaking of the four goal games, let's recap the last few games since, um, since our last pod, which was not that long ago. There's only been two games. Um, we lost to the devils five to four and beat the wheels off of Colorado for nothing. Um, that was a heck of a great game for me to watch the first game of the season. That was fun. So Todd, Sign I'm going to send you the schedule and you need to plan your life around that schedule. It seems like, <laughs> um, cause I need you watching the games. Okay. Um, Jake, I don't know about you, for you, man, for me. Holy shit, that Devils team is just, they look like an absolute buzzsaw. They, yeah, they're they, terrifying. They left, picked up right where they left off uh, last year. Yeah, yeah. They, they're terrifying. Jack Hughes is legit. Um, I'll, I'll praise him yeah. all day long. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're, they're a great team. With that, with that said, I, I thought Buffalo hung in with them that game. They did. Uh, it sucks that you need to, that, that Comrie went down with an injury and you need to have UPL come in cold. Um, I, I'm not going to blame the loss on on that switch, but it it, it sucks help. that that happened. Yeah, yeah, it didn't help. 
Um, but yeah, they they hung right in there with New Jersey. They 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 put up a lot of high danger chances against them and do- dominated play for for stretches of the game. So they hung in there with one of, if not one of the best teams in the league this year, I thought. Yeah, I, I think the biggest uh, bummer about that game, at least for me, was I Cousins tied it at four very late in the game. And then it couldn't have been more than a minute after that. New Jersey immediately goes back up by one. That is the goal that I need to stop seeing happen from this team to feel like that they are taking the next step, right? Yeah. Like At that point, you score that fourth goal that late in the game. I don't remember exactly how much time was left. That game has got to get to overtime. You've got to find a way to get a point out of that game. It yep. really, really, really bummed me out to see us immediately give up that fifth goal and then lose and get no points. That definitely sucked. Um, but New Jersey is incredibly potent. That team runs four lines that can score, runs six nasty, quick, skilled defensemen, and Vitek Vanacek is no joke in that. So that's a that's a buzzsaw for the Devils team. We'll get them a few more times this year. Um, another buzzsaw team, though, that we kicked the kicked the brakes off of four nothing win against the Colorado Avalanche is nothing to shake your head at. Jake, did you have any big takeaways for that game? Absolutely not. No, they were and they just set a, a record for number of road wins consecutively, dating back to last season into this. And it ended as they lost to Pittsburgh, also four nothing. But then Buffalo piled on and gave them another four nothing loss. So yeah, um, yeah, great. Great game, um, Tom. That was your first game. You said Do you want to you want you want to pitch in any any takeaways you had from the game. It was it was cool to see the team take the lead and hold the lead, right? Mm-hmm. To see them not they'll keep that pace. Um, especially, I mean, you guys like hyped up the Avalanche, right? Like they're they're a decent team, right? Oh, they're sick. They're they're, an they're way more than team. decent. Yeah, yeah. right. I'll hype, so, I'll hype them up despite the loss. Yeah. Right. So so to hang in there with a team like that, I think is a big deal. It was um it was it was I'm gonna be honest. In my my experience watching hockey is a lot of oh my gosh, there's a lot going on all at once, right? And I think it's just gonna take time. So I'm excited for this season to continue to watch more and get m- more and more cerebral about it and know what's going on without having to think as much. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it was great. It yeah. was very fun to watch. It was cool to see them take the lead, hold the lead, and continue to play well throughout the game. And then yeah. I, I mean, let's shout out that goalie UPL, right? That's that's what we're calling him. Yeah. Yep. Right? Looking it like. That's a big deal. First shot out of his career. Yeah, that's yep. a that's a bullet point and that we have. I'll say um, this. One of the first games that he's won in a long time, first games that he's played in a long time, where I felt confident in what he was doing. He 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 wasn't giving up crazy rebounds. He wasn't uh fighting, fighting the puck. Um and yeah, it's just he looked confident, and I, I'm thrilled to see that. He, it's it's few and far between in the games that he has played. So yeah, um, I I first of all, dude, you gotta you gotta commend the guy for getting his first professional shutout. That's huge. I would like to hope that starts to snowball a little bit, right? Like like, and this is this is what goalies do, man. Like they catch a good game, and then they're weird and they're creatures of habit, and they just start to to pile on their successes. Some of them also pile on their failures too, which UPL has also been guilty of. Um, I think you made a good point by not totally blaming him for the the Jersey game. I think it's, it's gotta be so, well, I did it. I did it as a younger guy coming in cold for, you know, a goalie halfway through a game. It's, it's hard to do, man. Like you're not prepped. Mm-hmm. You're well, not that you're not prepped, but you're not warmed up. 
You've just been sitting on the bench, opening and closing the door for guys coming off the ice. Like that's a hard position to be in. And then for him to not play well that game, and then the next game come out and absolutely crush it, tracking the puck well, decent control of rebounds. I would have liked to have seen some more of those. Um, but man, one thing that he's got over Devin Levi that I this is a this is a reason that I hope UPL turns out to be a success. He's so freaking big. You look yep. at him in that net, dude. He looks like he's two feet over the crossbar. Like he's massive, yeah. The guy is a mammoth, dude. So like you need to see him start to continue because having a big, successful goalie like that is only going to help in those times when Levi needs a, needs a break. And, you know, in a perfect world, these guys are competing like crazy for that 1A spot. Yep, 100%. Yeah. Well, this is a good time to talk about some goalie news. Uh, we talked about Eric Comrie, lower body injury against the Devils. A similar injury to what it, it, he had last year, where it was a non-contact injury. So you hope you hope that's not indicative of, of larger issues of being injury prone. But in any case, I guess starting the year with the three goalie carousel is not a bad thing. Looks like he'll be out a couple of weeks. Uh, the good news is Devin Levi looks to be slated to come back uh, this week before the Flyers game. So we'll see who starts that game. I imagine they give it to UPL since he. You know, shut out first shutout against Colorado. Give him a vote of confidence coming back, uh, come back and take the net against the Flyers, uh, and, and work Levi back in. Um, give him some time to to recuperate. Yeah, man, I um I agree with you completely in the sense that I think we should allow UPL to start this game tomorrow night, Wednesday. Um, I I think he's earned it, and yeah, like you just said, I think that vote of confidence from the coaching staff could be absolutely huge just for his mentals. So if it were me, I'm Don Granado. I'm saying, hell yeah, UPL, great last game. Go do it again, is, is my thought. But who knows, yeah. man? 100%. Right. Uh, yeah. Other newsy point, uh, Darlene is on an eight-game point streak. Uh, a lot of assists in there and one goal the other night against uh, to close the game out against uh, Colorado. Um, tied for the longest point streak in the NHL this year, uh, which is phenomenal. Props to him. He's tied with Willie Nylander, Dylan Larkin, and Artemi Panarin. So for those following along at home, those are all forwards, and we have a D-man doing that. Uh, and and you know what? Uh, honestly, he's, he's looked great this year. I don't feel like he's taken over a game and really influenced it. He's just been very solid. So I think there's another step that he can take as the year goes on, and I'm, I'm salivating waiting to see that. Yeah, dude. Um yeah, I, I agree completely, dude. It sounds to me like, or it looks to me like Dolls is going to absolutely crush it this year. Um, hopefully that continues. Um, Jake, why don't you walk us through the current record and then uh, touch on a couple of these discussion points here, and then we'll get out of here. Let's do it. Yeah, so they're four and five right now. They're eighth in the division, which is which is last. There's eight teams in the division. Um, however, it's bunched up. There's They're three points out of the final playoff spot. Um, I don't think they've opened the season incredibly well. And I think the, the, it's all up, at least it can be. Um, so yeah, I'm still very hopeful coming up here. They have some, some trap games, I would say against Philadelphia, a home and away, uh, Wednesday night and Friday night this week against Philly. Uh, and then a Saturday night game against their cross border rival Toronto. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how those go. We'll get to some predictions there in a second. Just one, uh, to, to one other big discussion point that I wanted to hit on is decisions that are coming up for Zach Benson and Matt Savoie. 
So to recap a little bit, Zach Benson has played six games in Buffalo. He can play up to nine games until he burns a year of his contract. So he's got three left uh, that he can suit up for before they need to make the decision. Put a pin in him. Matt Savoie is currently playing down in the AHL. He's played three games down there and has three points and looked good doing it. He's on a conditioning assignment down there. So coming back from injury, you're allowed to go down to the AHL for either 14 days or five games played, whichever comes first. So he's got two more games left that he can make that make the roster for before he needs to either be assigned to Buffalo or go back to junior. So some decisions coming up for those two guys. Nigel, any thoughts on what you hope happens with either of those guys? Uh, you know, what, what do you think Kevin Adams does? What do you hope happens? Anything yeah, dude, I, I think for me, Zach Benson, he's, he, I think he's got to go back down. Um, I, I just, I, the more I see him play, dude, the more I, I am not positive that he's ready um, I think he's just got to get a little bit stronger, all those things, learn the game a little bit more. Um, I, in a, in a perfect world, dude, truth be told, I'd like to see him in Rochester, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think he'll be back down to juniors, which is fine. He's a baby, you know, it'll give him time to strengthen up a little bit. Um, so I personally, for his development, I hope Zach Benson goes back down to juniors. I think that's going to be the best thing for him. Not that he's been bad or terrible or anything like that. But I would love to see him just take a little bit more time to mature. This team has to find a way to get Matt Savoy in Rochester and stay there. I don't know what that looks like. I haven't done that research to see what would need to happen beyond a conditioning stint. I don't know if you know how that works, Jake. That would be something for us to definitely touch on next pod. Um, but he clearly fits there. He's going to be too good for juniors. Honestly, so is Zach Benson. Zach Benson's just a year younger. Um, goddamn, dude, find a way, Kevin, to keep Matt Savoy in Rochester because that is where he needs to be. We can we can pull it apart a little bit more next time, depending on what happens. But I I don't think there's a way he stays down there. I I think the appeal got uh, denied. He's he's either in Buffalo or back to juniors. Um, so I think that to answer the question I asked you, I think that's what happens. I think Benson goes back to junior. I think Savoy after his uh, conditioning stint comes up to the big team and, and slots in uh, where Benson's been playing. Really? Um, I, yeah, I, I, I think so. I think he, he earned it during the prospect tourney in camp. I think without that injury, I think we'd be talking about Savoie being on the team right now and, and maybe not Benson. Yeah, maybe. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll have to kind of see how that shakes out. But uh, at the same time, I also am not mad about Benson sticking around and burning a year of that entry-level contract for – roster building reasons that perhaps we can get into more in a later episode because we are running short on time. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing at all to burn a year of your contract as an entry-level player. Yeah, no, I don't care about burning the year of the contract at all. Burn it. I could give a shit. I just, he's not passing my eye test personally. Um, yeah, so, and it's the roster spot. It's a spot for, we've got a lot of forwards that can play, that can flat out play. So, Yep, yep, which which we'll have to do, uh, we'll have to do a trade possibility episode. Um once, once Jack Quinn is back, Jake, I think that would be a good thing for us to do. Um, Agreed. And then, yeah, Jake, you want to talk us through the road ahead, and then we'll do a little prediction. Yeah, sounds good. So I mentioned it before. They're playing Wednesday against Philadelphia. They're playing Friday against Philadelphia again, so a little home-and-home home there. Uh, and then finally on Saturday, they play against Toronto. Uh, so tough matchup there against a good team and a, a, a rival team. 
so what are you thinking for those three games, Nigel? How, how do you think they fare? I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll go on a bit of a limb here. I'm gonna say three zero on this stretch. I Philly on paper can't hold our jockstrap. They do have a very similar record to us right now, but I, I don't know, dude. Philly just flat out doesn't scare me even a little bit. I don't. They're they're in the rebuild process right now. I don't see them being able to. I, let me rephrase. They shouldn't be able to skate with us. The Sabers are just flat out faster than the Flyers. Um, but this is a weird game sometimes. Um, so I don't know. But I would like to see us take advantage of the worst team. And then, I as long as I live, I just don't think I'm ever going to be able to pick Toronto beating us. It very well could happen. Toronto's sick. I just fucking hate them so goddamn much. So three and zero, baby. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I I despise Toronto. It's not it's not the team itself that I hate as much. It's the fans. The fans coming down and buying all the tickets in Buffalo and all that nonsense. Uh, so yeah, I, I I hate them too. I'm right there with you. I'll go. I, I I'm on the same vein. I'm gonna go two zero and one. Uh, I I think Philly is a a bad team on paper like you said i feel like we've struggled against them in recent years we have a a john tortorella coach team they're gonna be competing and playing hard no matter what uh and i think we've struggled against teams that 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 can slow us up in the neutral zone and forecheck effectively against us and i see them doing that i i don't think they're good enough to give us too many headaches but i i see them maybe taking one in in ot uh I hope I'm wrong. I hope I hope they're three and zero. But and then I, of course, am on the same page. I'm picking them against Toronto. They usually play well against Toronto. They get fired up for those kinds of games, and I think it's going to be an exciting game to watch. So mark your calendars for Saturday night, uh, Tom. That's you too. That's you too. Let's Tune go. in. Let's and, go. Uh, yeah, Tom, take us home, pal. All right. Hey. Episode 14, guys. Here we're, these, these episodes are just flying by. So this is exciting. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in. And uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us. It would mean a lot to us if you would share this episode. Maybe uh, send it out with uh, your uh, your trick-or-treaters tonight. Um, here we go. We got the music going. And, uh, you know, hand it out. Hand out some stickers, some QR codes as, as, the, as the trick-or-treaters come to the door. That would be phenomenal. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram and X at Let's Go Buff Pod. These are my pals, Jake and Nigel. My name is Tom, and you're listening to the Let's Go Buffalo Pod. We're sending you love wherever you are. Go Bills. Go Sabres. Let's go. Love.